Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to Duval Daily, your daily dose of Jacksonville Jaguars news and analysis. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we are looking at five burning questions facing the Jaguars ahead of the 2022 NFL Draft. Like to remind you to follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag, and of course check out GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news and analysis. So, like I said, we are looking at five big questions for the Jacksonville Jaguars entering the 2022 NFL Draft. Who's number one? That is the number one question. It will also lead us into our number two question. But when you're looking at who's going number one overall, Trayvon Walker, the edge defender out of Georgia, is the top overall uh, betting favorite for the Jacksonville Jaguars. At minus 155 per odds checker on Monday, April 25th. It's now Tuesday, April 26th. Two days away. From the 2022 NFL Draft, Trayvon Walker is the favorite to go number one overall. He is, according to Tony Pauline and some others, um, General Manager Trent Baalke's favorite to be the first overall pick. That's Trent Baalke's guy. Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher, edge defender, out of Michigan, is reportedly Shad Khan, the Jaguars' owner's favorite guy for the number one overall pick. And then Iki Aquanu, NC State offensive tackle, is reportedly the apple of head coach Doug Peterson's eye. So who is going to be the number one overall pick? Trayvon Walker is a versatile 
defensive lineman that can line up up and down the line. He has incredible length, incredible power, big, strong, violent hands. He runs like a gazelle. An incredible athlete for his size. A, a 100th percentile athlete, and I know that's not exactly a thing. I think 99 is the highest we're going with the percentiles. But he's legitimately one of the greatest athletes to ever enter the NFL. When you look at his physical profile at 6'5", 272, with 35-inch arms and big, powerful hands, and then you look at all of his athletic testing from the vert to the 40 to the 10-yard split to the agility testing to the broad jump. I mean, this guy aced it all. What did he do at Georgia? He was not asked to be what most people think about as a as a as a traditional pass rusher, defensive end slash outside linebacker, who just kind of aligns on the outside of the tackle and gets after it and pins his ears back. He didn't do that all that much. He really moved around the formation quite a bit, played a lot of stunts, a lot of games, a lot of movement up front. He showed the ability to drop into shallow zones, and with his length and athletic ability and instincts, uh, he makes it difficult for quarterbacks to throw around him. To throw in his general vicinity is not easy. When you look at how disruptive he can be, again, with that length and athleticism and movement skills. So when you look at Trayvon Walker, you're not talking about a traditional 3-4 or 4-3 defensive end, in my opinion. You're talking about someone who you want to use as a bit of a chess piece up front. Um, I do think you can align him in base defenses as a as a defensive end where you're just asking him to set the edge. He can do that with ease, with his strength, with his um, with his recognition against the run, and with his length to keep offensive linemen at bay. That's what you're getting from Trayvon Walker. What you're not getting is a guy who has shown the ability to bend, to flatten at the top of the arc and collapse the pocket. You're not getting a guy who has refined hand usage in the pass rush department. Um, he, He doesn't know how to put together moves, have a pass rush plan, uh, use counters off of his first move. So that's that's a work in progress. That's development. That's where you want to see Tra- um, Trayvon Walker eventually get. But what he can provide you in year one is a chess piece who is an athletic freak who you can move around the formation and use as a run defender, as a guy who can run games up front and eat up blocks, and as someone you can drop into coverage and he can make big plays as a shallow zone defender. Aiden Hutchinson is more of the traditional 4-3 rush defensive end or or 3-4 rush outside linebacker where you want him moving forward. He can uh, threaten the edge with speed. I think he has the ability to win on the outside shoulder of the tackle, run through the tackle, or work inside with just super refined hands. If Trayvon Walker is unrefined, Aiden Hutchinson is extremely refined with his hand usage, with with the moves and counters, with the swims, with the long arms, with the rips. He's got it all, uh, and he will defeat the hands of his opponent. And when he defeats their hands, he has control, and he's able to dictate. 
That's what you're going to get from Aiden Hutchinson, who is a great athlete in his own right. Not the same level of athlete as Trayvon Walker, but you pop on the tape, you see consistent, impressive athleticism. He tested very well at the Combine uh, in pretty much every regard. He is a high-level athlete. The one thing Aiden Hutchinson lacks is length, and that is going to affect or impact his ability to consistently a win against some of the longer guys in the NFL that are also more technically refined. But overall, I think he 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 has an upward trajectory and he's going to keep getting better. I think the the idea that he's capped out is a bit ridiculous with his athleticism and and continuing to improve his technique. There's no reason Aiden Hutchinson can't be a Pro Bowl level player. Ikea Kwanu is the offensive tackle out of NC State, he's raw in pass protection. He is developing. He showed development in 2021 in his junior year at left tackle in terms of his pass sets. His consistency really is the key when it comes to um, when it comes to pass protection because the the high level plays are are extremely impressive from Iki Aquanu. But then you look at some of the lowlights. You want to see him improve upon that. Eliminate the inconsistencies from his game. But when you look at Iki Aquanu, it starts with the run game. He is a violent mauler of a run blocker who dominates at the point of attack, dominates at the second level. Poor linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks, they do not stand a chance against Iki Aquanu. He is a tone setter similar to Aiden Hutchinson, how Aiden Hutchinson sets the tone with his attitude. Uh, Iki Aquanu is going to do the same thing. So those appear to be the three candidates for the Jaguars at the top overall pick. Trayvon Walker reportedly is Trent Baalke's guy, Aiden Hutchinson for Shad Khan, and Iki Aquanu for Doug Peterson. And that leads me into my second question. Who has the power in this situation when it comes to personnel decisions? Traditionally, you would say Trent Baalke because he's the GM. It's their job to make the personnel decisions. But with a new power structure, Trent Baalke is coming in for his second season as the GM. Doug Peterson is is in his first season as head coach. Shad Khan has gotten more involved inside the building. Uh, He had been a bit of an absentee guy when it came to the pre-draft process and the offseason, just letting his his football decision-makers do the dirty work for him. Um, He's gotten more involved this year. He's been in the building more. He's been in some of these meetings. He's a guy that uh, seemingly wants to be a bigger presence on this this decision-making, in this decision-making group. I guess you look look at it as a triumvirate at this point. Who has the power and why... Two, three days before the draft, do they not know who they're going to be selecting with the first overall pick? That's concerning to me. Could this be just one giant smokescreen? They're, they're kind of posturing to try to get, get another team to trade up and have interest in that number one overall pick? Sure, that could be the case. Do I believe that's the case? Where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's plenty of smoke when it comes to 
the idea that the collaboration inside that building isn't going as smoothly as you would expect. I just can't fathom an NFL organization not knowing who they would select after months of work on this subject, on months of work uh, for the number one overall pick. How do you not know as a as a collaborative group effort? How have you not come to a consensus when you're about 48 hours from having to make that pick? And again, Trent Baalke's history as a guy who has not gotten along with with coaches, as a guy who's kind of done done what he wants, as a guy who's seen a lot of coaches fired as a general manager, um, Shad Khan's inability to hire the right people in the past. And even Doug Peterson, who I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson, I think he's bringing a level of professionalism, uh, an ability to coach offense and connect with players across the roster. He's a guy that also left Philadelphia because of a difference in vision for the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. He wanted to promote Press Taylor to offensive coordinator. Jeffrey Lurie had other plans, the Eagles owner. So when you look at these three decision makers, I think there is potential for power struggle. I think there is potential for, um, you know, major disagreements. And, And it seems like we are seeing that with the number one overall pick. I'm hopeful that Doug Peterson, who I think is certainly the most stable, most professional of this group is able to bring some of that um, stability into this organization and become the focal point of the program along with Trevor Lawrence. But, but this is interesting, fascinating, concerning. It's interesting to monitor who has the power within that building and how will that power dynamic work moving into 2022, past the draft, into the off-season program, summer work, training camp, and then preseason and regular season. How's it all going to shake out? All right, so the first questions are, who's the number one overall pick and who has the power? Getting into question number three, I'm going to stop harping on these guys and ragging on them too much here. What direction do the Jaguars go at 33? This is... Not as important as number one. There's no pick that ever is. But 33 is an inflection point in the NFL draft every year. Um, The Jaguars will have the ability with 12 draft picks to trade up from 33 if they'd like to do that. Um, If they want to sit at 33 and potentially trade out of it, that's also not out of the realm of possibilities, either one of those. If the Jaguars do hold on to the 33rd pick through the first round and they go into day two with the top overall pick on that day, they will have control. Uh, They will have the ability to trade out if a team really values someone at 33 and gain more draft capital, giving them more control over the rest of the draft. They'll have the ability to select their favorite guy. I mean, they'll have all night to think about Who is available on the board that we value the most? 
So whether they trade up, whether they pick at 33, whether they trade down, that decision is going to have ripple effects throughout the NFL draft for all the teams and especially for the Jaguars. There's going to be talented players on the board at 33 who can come in and make an immediate impact, which that's what Doug Peterson has claimed to be looking for. What are they going to do? I think the most likely option is picking at 33 because I think while there isn't a ton of blue chip talent in this class, guys that are that should be locked top five picks in any class regardless uh, of what's around them, there is a ton of fringe first round players, really talented guys that just maybe have a question or two or they aren't the elite athlete or, or there's just um, some projection required. But there are going to be a lot of really talented guys on day two at pick 33. I think the Jaguars will probably use that pick. I think it's more likely that they trade down than trade up. Trent Baalke has talked about his affinity for trading down and getting more value and more draft capital. Um, They did pick at 33 last year where they took Tyson Campbell, who after one year, it's looking like that was was a heck of a pick. He really developed especially when it came to um, his skills at the catch point in terms of being a disruptor, getting his hands on the football, locating the football, really developed really nicely in that regard. And a lot of that had to do with using him more as a zone defender where he could use his eyes to figure out what the quarterback is doing. So, yeah, we're looking at who's number one, who has the power within the organization, What do the Jaguars do at 33 if they go edge at number one overall, which is what I'm projecting them to do? Do they go offensive tackle at 33? I'm not sure who would be on the board who I really value at that point, but the Jaguars have brought in Tyler Smith for a pre-draft visit out of Tulsa. He, I think, is a budget version of Ike Aquanu. Absolutely stellar run blocker gets out and pulverizes people, but he his first instinct in pass protection is to just grab a hold of that jersey. And <laughs> he had 13 holding calls in 2021, so his his hand usage and technical ability as a pass protector leaves a ton to be desired. I guess you could get him in at left guard in year one, but I, there's no way you can play him at tackle. Um, and, and how do you play a guy at tackle in year one? When you look at the report that Tony Pauline has that the Jaguars are on the verge of signing Cam Robinson to a long-term extension, and then you have Walker Little and Jawan Taylor on the right side at right tackle who, who look like they're set to compete for that job in 2022. So, yeah, getting getting an offensive tackle on the field if you draft one highly is going to be probably playing them at left guard. And – Could Tyler Smith work there? Yes, but again, getting him on the field in year one is going to be a struggle, I believe, because he just has so much. You got to make him forget everything he's learned, which it doesn't look like he's learned much in pass protection, and really uh, refine that hand placement, the timing, the footwork. It's not all working together well right now in pass pro for Tyler Smith. But you could be looking at different interior offensive linemen. Tyler Linderbaum, the center prospect, who fits perfect in a wide zone attack. He could be the guy at 33 if he falls out of the first round. 
Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, I don't think they'll fall, but Kenyon Green has a chance. I think he'd be a home run pick at 33. Linebacker, the Jaguars have brought in Quay Walker from Georgia, Christian Harris from Alabama, Chad Muma from Wyoming on pre-draft visits. Could they go target that linebacker to pair with Foye Aluakun um, on the second level of the defense at 33? I think all three of those guys could be in play at safety. Could Lewis Seen still be on the board? Uh, I just feel like Trent Baalke would be in love with his ability and his range and his he's a heat-seeking missile. That's the best way to describe him. Um, and then could they do an offensive weapon? Have they surrounded Trevor Lawrence with enough talent at receiver and at tight end? That's going to lead me into my next question. How do the Jaguars feel about their receivers and tight ends? They've spent a lot of capital on both positions over the last two years. Brought in Marvin Jones last year. Brought in Christian Kirk and Zay Jones this year. That's a lot of the salary cap space that you've spent right there. Brought in Evan Ingram on a one-year deal this year that's, uh, you know, all of that one-year deal is counting straight against the salary cap. Brought in Dan Arnold via trade last year. Drafted Luke Farrell. Signed Chris Manhurts. So they've used a lot of their assets on these two positions, receiver and tight end. But is Christian Kirk as your number one receiver really moving the needle for you in terms of surrounding Trevor Lawrence with the type of talent he needs to to, um, elevate his game? The Jaguars horribly managed their offensive weapon group in 2021. And of course, you can blame some of that on injuries, but even without the injuries, I don't think they surrounded Trevor Lawrence with enough talent at wide receiver and tight end. Do they feel that they have done enough to do that, to to, to have Trevor Lawrence take a major step in year two and his production and his ability to lead this team to victory and his and his support system. You had tons of drops. You had receivers uh, running into each other all over the place, terrible spacing, guys that couldn't separate. Uh, is this group, has, has it transformed enough to get Trevor Lawrence where he needs to go in year two to help get him there? I don't think so. I still think this is a major need. Do the Jaguars think it's a major need? If they do, they could target George Pickens at 33. They could target Sky Moore. I think Trey McBride is even a a guy that could be in play at 33. The Jaguars brought him in. Um, The Jaguars brought him in for a pre-draft visit and And from an athleticism perspective, he compares favorably to two guys Doug Peterson's had a ton of success with in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, Peterson was not part of the team that drafted Zach Ertz, but he was part of the, or he was the offensive mind behind Zach Ertz prime year years and his, his best usage. And of course, Dallas Goddard was very productive under Doug Peterson as well. I think Trey McBride has a more versatile and complete skill set than both of those guys, and both of those guys were drafted in the second round. So I think Trey McBride, if the Jaguars really want to upgrade Trevor's options and give him more reliable options, he makes sense at 33. Um, 
Yeah, you look at the tight end room that they currently have. Chris Manhurts, Dan Arnold, and Evan Ingram are all on expiring contracts in 2022. So you don't seem to have a long-term plan there for a position that Doug Peterson has historically used very well in his offense. So how do the Jaguars feel about those receivers and tight ends? My final burning question this is going to happen every year as long as Trent Baalke is the Jaguars' general manager. Where does he find his value picks? Baalke loves value in the draft. Who doesn't? But he tends to find value in players that have fallen down the board generally due to injuries, injury concerns. John Mechie, wide receiver out of Alabama, has an ACL. Justin Ross has dealt with multiple severe injuries throughout his career. Damone Clark just had surgery, linebacker out of LSU. David Ojabo tore his Achilles at his pro day. I think all four of those guys are are potential candidates for Trent Baalke to target at some point. John Mechie and Justin Ross, I think if they fall to the third round, Justin Ross could even fall to the fourth or fifth round because he has more of a chronic injury situation and his athleticism has taken a hit due to that. But John Mechie is a, is a excellent route runner coming off the torn ACL, really a, a pros pro already in my mind. And I think, uh, bulky would probably value him at 65 or 70. If he falls out of the second round, then Justin Ross, again, he has that connection with Trevor Lawrence. They had some excellent football together. Uh, Ross is six foot three. He's got a huge catch radius. He has the ability to cut and leave defenders in the dust. Uh, I think he could be a target there as well. Damone Clark, more of a day three guy at this point because he's coming off of a severe injury, a major surgery. And he's a linebacker, though, that has absolute starting potential as both a inside and a weak side or Sam linebacker. I think he's very versatile in his skill set. And David Ojabo, he was probably going to be a top 10, top 15 pick prior to that torn Achilles. He could fall into the second round. Would Trent Baalke value him at 33 overall uh, as a guy who absolutely has the juice to end up being a Pro Bowl pass rusher? But there's rawness in the run defense even though there's some high-level reps there. And there's a torn Achilles that he just suffered a couple months ago. I think all four of those guys are, are prime candidates for Trent Baalke to target. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure if he doesn't get one of those four, there will be someone who lands with Jacksonville who for whatever reason, had their value took a hit throughout the process and Balky scooped them up. That's going to do it for those five big burning questions. Who is number one for the Jaguars? Is it Trayvon Walker? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? Is it Iki Aquanu? Who has the power when it comes to player personnel? We are likely going to find out as Trayvon Walker is linked to Trent Balky, Aiden Hutchinson to Shad Khan, and Iki Aquanu to Doug Peterson. What will they do at 33? That's going to be a major inflection point in this 2022 NFL draft. Whether they stand pat and make the pick, trade up, trade down, 
that's going to send ripple effects throughout the rest of the draft. How do the Jaguars value their tight ends and receivers that are currently on the roster? And again, where does Balky find those value picks? That's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in, Duval. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube and check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news and analysis. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.